0: Can you hear me? I can. We're checking our sound. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. We're already live. You know. I did not know that we're live at all because I have a different start time than now. So is this the start time?
1: Uh well, the t- start time was 26 minutes ago. I don't know what happened. I said. Yeah, little- we
0: we actually double checked twice today, so I'm not really sure how that happened at all. <laughs>
1: So that so so I got I got some investigating to do, but uh, yeah, absolutely, that would be (laughs) yeah. But thank you. I just just exchanged emails
0: like an hour
1: ago about it. Oh my goodness! Okay, so I will be sorting that out. So I apologize for any inconvenience, but hey, thank you so much for jumping on here. Sure. sure. Um, We kind of went off on a little bit of a different tangent, and there's some questions in here, but hey, we'll get to them later. Let's hear from you, uh, because um, we still got the crawler okay. at the bottom, which is your information, which is your, um, your skills. And we want, as, we want to get as much out of you now in the time we've got left, which is- I guess bad- so
0: I, I, I'm, I'm ready for the mic check. So I'm, yeah, so you, you definitely caught me off guard for that. I, I'm totally confused. All right. But go ahead, Mark. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. This is Real Life Game Changers panel, where we bring
1: people who change the game for themselves and have a massive impact. Uh, and that is definitely being done by you. So give us like the highlight reel of Garrison. Like, you know, what is it like growing up and what did you go through to then be doing what you are doing and what you've achieved today?
0: Well, uh, that, well I, guess I, I guess I'll start out by saying that, uh, you know, I... I didn't plan on any of this. I, I got out of college, I was a, a stand-up comedian. I was, I was uh, trying to be a stand-up comedian, then I ended up actually you know, getting booked and working with some famous people and was earning a living as a pro stand-up. So that's what happened out of college. Um, with a degree in psychology, I thought, well, what am I gonna do? And that's what I did. My parents were not happy that I was doing stand-up, but I started making money and I was successful. And I did that for a while and made a couple of bad movies and uh, a, a couple of weird commercials. That's what I was doing. And then um, I, kind of, uh, I kind of decided I was going to go a different direction. I went into corporate America a little bit. When I got into corporate America, I had a strange thing happen, and that is um, my boss quit, and I got his job. And a couple of strange things happened. Next thing you know, I'm like a 27-year-old Fortune 500 VP, kind of by accident, not by anything I did. Uh, so I was managing people who are older than I was, and I'm 61 years old now, so I was working with people who were World War II vets in the mid-'80s. These were the guys that wouldn't retire, uh, that uh, and so they were difficult to deal with. But I, I learned something. I learned that uh, if you criticize others' ideas, they'll never use yours. And I learned that that to be influential, you had to understand what people really valued and really believed in. It didn't matter how good your ideas are because people don't choose what's best. They choose what they're comfortable with, whether it's the best or not. So good ideas aren't good enough. I had to understand what they believed in and what they valued, and 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 what their experience was. And so I learned the hard way, and, and by uh, fire, for uh, lack of a better uh, expression, um, how to be influential uh, when the odds are against you. In other words, I learned how to win an unfair fight. I was in a very difficult situation. Uh, got lucky uh, to be in that situation, but learned from there. So I was doing that, um, and uh, then I went back and did some more stand-up and some things like that. Uh, back into corporate America with a smaller company. And then um, I, I worked for a company where we were doing a lot of interesting products. I, I developed a bunch of products uh, with some engineering groups that are still sold in about 30 countries. Now we got lucky with that, I think. Uh, we worked hard, but we got lucky too. I believe, by the way, the way to get really lucky is to work really hard. And then I decided I wanted to get on my own. I didn't I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. Mark, I I, I got tired of making other people rich. That's what I got tired of. So uh, I started my own company uh, with, without a lot of great ideas or money, um, but I worked hard. And what I ended up doing, I, I, my idea was a training company, but since I've been a pro stand-up, I was good in front of an audience. So I ended up doing a lot of keynote presentations, like just an hour, just a corporate thing for an hour. Um, and I worked on it and I worked on it and got better and better. Uh, and then uh, opportunities started to come. Uh, and the next thing you know, um, I was all over the world. Um, speaking to, it could be Chevron, it could be American Express, it could be Berkshire Hathaway, it could be whoever. And uh, that was an interesting thing to happen. Uh, I started doing that uh, in 1995. I had some interesting things happen along the way where as I got successful, I started to watch other people and other companies become successful. Uh, but that's kind of what happened to me. I mean, I guess I ended up in the position I am for lack of other skills. I was a little better in front of an audience than I was at uh, at other things. So I've got more to say about that, but that's kind of what happened.
1: Uh, mm. so, so, so there's some big brands here, you know, like um, you've delivered these keynotes and and, and I want to get into a little bit more of like sure. what these what these people in the business get from it and what the audience right. listening can get from, sure. from it as well. But like Amazon, you mentioned Berkshire Hathaway, NASA as
0: well. Right, correct.
1: Yeah, Shell. I mean, these are some huge, huge companies, you know, creating big impact on the planet. What is it when you go into these places? What is it do you, that you feel that they're seeking, you know, like the employees or the leaders of right. these types right. of organizations, what are they seeking and what, what can you give them and what did you give them?
0: Well, that's changed a bit over time, but the main thing is, uh, do you have the personal influence to make anything else work? So whether you're a leader of a big company or a guy sweeping up a floor, whatever, um, when you're having conversations with people and you're talking to people, are they listening? Do you know how to get people to do what you want them to do? So whatever you're trying to achieve, do you have the personal influence to do it? So if you're talking about leadership or communication or change or whatever it is, are you personally influential enough to do that? And that requires a certain kind of communication. That requires a certain kind of style, uh, an approach you would have that people are actually willing to listen to what you have to say. Uh, They trust you. Uh, and, And, you know, people... Uh, trust is built on the foundation of two things. Compassion and competence. Compassion and competence. They believe that you, you care about them and what's important and what they value. And they believe that you can do your job. Uh, and that's usually based on how well you've actually defined that for them. If people believe those things. two things, they'll trust you pretty quickly. But you have to do that to make other stuff work. So it's very difficult. So good ideas, And great processes uh, or processes, whatever it is that you're trying to offer, that's everywhere. I mean, everybody's got a good idea. Uh, Good ideas are a dime a dozen. Uh, But will they take it from you? Do do they think that your idea, the way you present it, is a good idea? I believe there's about 25 good ideas for the last 500 years. That's about it. (laughs) We keep regurgitating and repurposing these same ideas, but it's who's presenting it people listen to a certain person and they listen to that person because that person makes them feel valuable. That person understands who they are and they can clearly explain the value of what they're talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect sense. So like,
1: um, obviously there's people, different leadership positions, but let's kind of put it out a little bit to like, maybe some of the listeners here, business owners, property, entrepreneurs, people who want to raise capital, Like, what, skills should they be looking to acquire or exercise for them to, you know, scale, like either get started and start scaling or what's what's the foundation they
0: should be looking at? So so two things, and I don't talk about it often. I don't do a lot of interviews like this before I talk about this, but you know, I will today. Um, I'm older. I can talk about it now. Um, Most people don't understand what marketing is they, they, it's not, I mean, it's not about your likes and your followers. And that means nothing. I mean, you can get all the likes and followers you want to, are they check writers? You can have a million followers that can't make you a nickel and you can have 11 that'll make you millions, That's the truth. So it depends on, are you know how to actually find the people to connect to the people who actually really are your customers, not the ones who could be, or might be, or should be, but who are they really? And in order to do that, you have to actually really understand specifically what's valuable to them. And that means you have to understand what they do and understand what their problems are and ask some specific questions. And one of the questions is the world's most simple question. And that is, so what's really important to you? you find out well, what's going to derail your customer's business? How are they not in business? What are the, the big problems that they're having? So in order to market, you have to have a psychological profile and understand who they are, step one. And most people don't do that. Most people think if I can just throw a bunch of stuff out there, if I can make something look cool or or if I've got a great idea that somehow I'm going to make money. It's not true. The second thing is, is that most people will look at a really great market that's really doing well with all these people doing well in it and jump in that market. That's the worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do is go find a bunch of competition and go beat heads with them and compete with them. No, I've studied for years the most successful companies. You know what they do? They go where people suck. That's right. They go where people aren't very good and they compete against those people. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be in a fair fight. Hell, I could lose a fair fight, Mark. I want to be in a lopsided battle. I can win. I look for the markets that are just served horribly, just beat the hell out of those guys. They weren't any good. Why would, I, why would I go? Why would I go? I mean, if I have a gun, I'd like to go to a knife fight. I can win a knife fight with a gun. But if I've got to fight it out, that's very difficult. And so that's the reason people are really successful and not they go into a place that's poorly served. Mm. So I'll give you an example. So um, years ago, I had my first website, 1997, my first website. Uh, there were a few options back then. Uh, the ones I remember was a company called Ask Jeeves. That was a marketing company, it was, it was a search engine, and there was a Backrub. We decided to go with Backrub. We liked Larry, Larry's good. Um, about six months into working with Backrub, Larry calls up and says, we're gonna change the name of the company, we're gonna call it Google. I said, Larry, that's a terrible name, So what I told Larry, bad idea. Um, but the thing about it is, is that what Larry told us then, I was the 44th uh, advertiser for Google AdWords. They didn't call it that back then, but the 44th customer for, for marketing. Uh, but what Larry did and how, he, how they became Google was Larry knew how badly other things were being done. He knew the other search engines were not good. He knew, that, he knew that the ability for people with a website to draw business to them, the people in that field were terrible. And he focused specifically on that. That's the truth. So um, Warren Buffett says some interesting things. But one of the things Warren Buffett says is, you know, he was always looking to invest in companies, uh, that were around bad competitors. (laughs) Where are the companies that we know will probably beat their competitors very badly. He looked at those companies. So if you look at people who really made money, that's what they understand. This idea that I'm going to jump on a bandwagon where everybody's fighting it out, not so much. So those are two major things I would tell an entrepreneur, find out exactly what your customers value, what they believe in and what their problems are. Uh, and then go look in the market that's poorly served. And one of the things that you can do is that take a look at your competition and see where their weaknesses are and then just list those as your strengths. Because if that's what the market's telling them that they're not good at it, if if you've got a, a, a company that's big and it's good but their delivery is slow, they can't deliver the product fast enough, then you come out with your number one asset as being fast. So I just look, for that. And to go deeper in that a little bit, there's the big company, small company pitch. If I'm the big company, I'm going to tell you that the small company is too small. And if times are tough, they can't even afford to be in business. They they can't afford to serve you if you grow. That's what big companies say to squash small companies. What small companies say is, hey, I know these guys are great. They've been around 30 years. We've been around two years. They're bigger than we are. They do all kinds of great stuff. The problem is they got 9,000 or 9 million customers just like you. I've got nine. I'm going to pay more attention to you. I'm willing to do more for you than they ever would. Nothing against them. They're good people, but you're just not important enough to them. You're much more important to me. That's what we tell So So are different aspects of, that's what I'd say that is some great
1: advice and i think if people are going to be able to take this and translate it into whatever their business is but right. like if, if we if like it's a very interesting you say about like let's not go compete with someone who's doing it good let's find a let's find a hole let's find someone who's not doing it right. well and um a lot of our people in our community they're like property entrepreneurs Right. And people are always asking, when is it, like, is it now a right time? And, you know, over the last, I don't know how long, 20 years, there's always been something going on that could make you right, think, right. you know, right. do I go, do I wait? I mean, I'm not sure what anybody would wait for, like, what are we waiting for? I don't know. <laughs> what, right. well, well,
0: th- Mark, that's a great question. Mark, that's great. Like, it, it, the question that you're asking yourself, what are you waiting for? I mean, what, What are you waiting for, you, for yourself to feel better? I, I need to feel better to start? Maybe I don't feel right. Uh, Are yeah. you waiting for the market to change? I mean, you, I think I've got to find out first if it's you, you're waiting on yourself. Are <laughs> you waiting on something to change uh, in the market? I've said that that now's the time to do anything. Uh, we love to talk about coming in at the perfect time. How do you do that? I, I think that's a myth. It's hindsight. Well, we got it at the perfect time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah, I, the only person that can say that is someone looking back to say, oh, that's was. exactly right or it wasn't um, right. So, so like, uh, I think in the property industry, the, the strategy, what you just said, which is find other people that are not doing it well, is gold, That's right. gold is gold. And, and, Absolutely. And I, and as you were saying, I was thinking, you know what, in 2017 we kind of did that by accident. Right. Like, like in this country, in England, there is like right. a There's a strategy which is called like HMO stands for houses of multiple occupancy. I don't know if you know that. Right. And and like some people were just putting a lock on a room and a bed in it and calling it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So so, so then we were like furnishing it properly, decorating it, making it look beautiful, creating communal areas for people to hang around. So right and that was one phase and then the next phase was people started putting all these drapey lights and wonderful colors on the wall and it was just always like what is someone not doing right making it look cool making it comfortable because that type of accommodation is not like people never say oh that's this my dream home it's no one's ever dream right. home It's high like right six months one year two years or like you know contractors commuters these type of people right. Uh, and they weren't doing it, so so that's a great strategy. What would your advice be to someone like? Because uh, you took you you work with some amazing businesses. Businesses they need to raise capital. What about the entrepreneur who can raise capital, either for their property deals or for their business? How can they separate, or how can they approach? What would your advice be to approach? like the marketing aspect to raise capital? How would one say,
0: hey, look, I am a good investment? Right, right. Well, one of the things about being a good investment is to look like a good investment. So that means if you're going to go get people to invest in you, whether it's, you know, private equity group or if it's a bank or whoever it is that's going to invest in you, you have to look like it. So that means that if you show up and you have a great idea, but but you can't visualize it. It's very difficult to get investors. So that means having the best website you can possibly have, um, uh, being able to clearly explain the deliverable that people are going to get. And you have to have a good presentation for an investor. And by the way, the the, the best presentations, when we talk to, to investors who said, we're going with that organization, we're going to buy this company or invest in this company, or we're going to partner with these people, uh, those presentations, are 10 minutes, not 30. They're quick. They get to the point. Um, it, you know, here, here's what investors know. If it takes you that long to explain your value, you probably don't have any. It takes you 30 minutes to convince me that you've got some value. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of places for me to look in your presentation to find the, the garbage in there. But if it's short, it's sweet, it's 10 minutes. Um, and that way you kind of leave them wanting a bit rather than trying to explain the whole history of your existence. So that's one thing I would say 10 minutes is probably good, but also, um, your website has to look, good. it's worth the money to invest in somebody that's got good graphics. Now it depends what your market is. If, uh, in my market, if I make, if my website looks too good, a lot of people think it's too expensive. We learned that a long time ago that if we go and spend the, 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 the super nice, killer, big corporate looking website, then there's a lot of businesses that don't come our way. So we've learned to make the website, okay, but not that great. <laughs> if you're looking at people to invest money, uh, you know, what, what is their expectation? What do they think the website should look like? So I would talk to people who are potential investors and say, what would you be looking for? So so it might be just talking to people first before you present anything. Have some conversations. It's it's kind of interesting. It can go in your favor to go, hey, look, we have a great thing we're going to roll out. We're not really rolling it out right now. We're just kind of testing the waters and asking some questions before we roll it out. Here's a couple of questions for you. And don't show them anything. Just ask them what they want. Mm -hmm. After you gather that kind of then when you come back to them, they're definitely going to want to talk to you because you wouldn't even show them what you had before. So here are a couple of questions. We're not showing anything yet. We're kind of waiting to roll this out when we're ready. Here's a couple of questions for you. Gather that information again to find out uh, what they value. Last thing about investors. They don't really care a lot sometimes about what you love. A lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get really passionate about something about our business. There is this passion point. We love this part of it. I'm really passionate. You doesn't help unless you know what they're really passionate about and what they're really passionate about is making money back fast. That's what they're passionate about. So be careful about going in this direction about what you love about something without really being able to say, Hey, here here's why this makes money quickly. Here, here, here's, here's a, we have a plan to be able uh, to take it far enough that we can make it worth it. Here, here's how this investment is worth it. We're looking at two years here, Here's what we predict this to look like in a two year period. So this is not a 10 a, a year plan here. Well, the best thing you can say is, Hey, step one, what we're talking about is not a 10 year plan. We're looking at getting up and running. You know, now, if you've got a long-term deal, that's going to take a long time to develop. Well, that's a different story and you may have to really explain what that is. I would be very careful if you really want to get a business up and running, I would find a way that you make money fast and get profitable fast. The insurance business and things like that are these long-term businesses you can build for a long period of time, but investors are very leery about that because things can change. They'd love to know that you're doing well quickly. So that's my advice on that.
1: Mm, I think what you said is so, Brilliant! You know, some of the people here have been on like you know in our trainings, in our communities. Right. They'll, they'll know like you know because an entrepreneur is different, right? Like you you got to go. Like if you don't have something, you just got to go with what you've got. Like if you, right. yeah, like this ten minute presentation thing. I love this idea. Like we, we very often get people to make the calls to just say, yeah, "I'm not look, I'm working on this deal. What do you think?" Like and ask. Right. It? Can I just ask for your opinion on it and and like people sometimes latch onto it and they'll start raising right. you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds and other people are like, Hmm, I'm not quite sure. So, right. so I'm so glad you just said what you said, because it is that whole kind of psychology of like, look, just give them a little bit, point them in this direction, leave them wanting more. So, so I right. leave, leave a room for questions rather than that. Right. You know, man, like this guy's talked for so long. I don't want to ask a question because, right. I don't want it to go on any longer. You know, that's
0: exactly right. They're, they're like, yeah, the last thing I'm asking is a question. I don't want to extend this one more second. I've had all I can handle, (laughs) but, but remember though too. So if a presentation is really, really clear, you don't get so many questions as you get, Hey, that was good. I like that. And they start talking about moving forward. If you're getting a ton of questions about what you presented, it's because you're not clear. That's one thing to understand, you know, uh, it, it, clarity is king. It doesn't matter how smart you are if no one knows what the hell you're talking about. It doesn't matter. So clarity is clear. I saw a presentation one time and it was from a British company. These two British guys were making this presentation and it was interesting because it, it went it went really, really long and it wasn't clear. And, and one of the reasons that, that it, it wasn't clear is that one of the gentlemen was really enamored by one element and he thought that one thing right was the really the the cool thing. Well, it was cool to him, but it didn't matter much to the audience. And he went on too long about that one thing. So that's really uh, good uh, evidence to show you that. Uh, figure out what people really want. What are they really looking for? Uh, understand, you know, uh, g- give some examples of potential customers that you know are interested in certain thing. And you've got a history of what these people want and buy and use as an example. Say, so look here, we're talking to this company here. Here's what they're looking for. Here's what we offer. We already know. One of the best things you can say to investors, we've got people waving checks right now. We're just going to go meet them. This isn't, we're not trying to educate people on why they should buy. We mm-hmm. are they already want to buy. We're going out to find the buyers waving the checks That's a very powerful thing to say to investors. Cause again, you got a great idea. You try to sell them on an idea. Nobody wants an idea. Uh, they want to know that you've got something that's going to actually make money because they are customers who want it now. That's why, that's the power of Google AdWords. There's all kinds of marketing you can do, email marketing, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've got to work with Google or have any stock. I, I, I spend money on Google AdWords and make I've made millions of dollars on Google AdWords. So I've I made money doing it. I can tell you that. But the reason I've stuck with Google AdWords is this. I can send a billion emails to people who do not know who I am and have to educate them on why they should buy. Or I can run an ad and there are people searching for that already. I know what the search terms are, I know what they're looking for, I know what their history is, I know what they want, and they're literally looking for it every minute of every day. So when I run those ads, boom, 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 they're coming to me. Yeah, we're not, mm. we're not hunting anybody. Yeah, mm. they're, they're coming mm. to us, but they're, they're, they're already looking. So my advice, there's probably if you have a product that's, you know, even halfway, okay, people are already looking for it. Now go find the lookers, stop convincing people, go find the lookers. that are out there right now. I mean, there are people who buy all kinds of weird stuff these days. I mean, there, are some, there are people selling some weird crap on the internet and making a lot of money. That means people are looking for everything. So find out what people are looking for that you can sell them. And if you're talking about real estate, there are some specific things people want in real estate. And so it, may, it varies from area to area. It might be different in the UK than it is the US, but find out, investigate. If you're gonna do some research what these people want and what they're looking for now, and then you have that. You run an ad, and well, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that. So mm-hmm. we, what we do is we have people every day or every month or every week Say, hey, you know, we saw this and we're looking for this because we know.
1: Awesome. Uh, It's obvious you got extensive, um, I mean, to be successful, people have got to know what marketing is, right? Whether it be. Yeah. uh, the conversation, the presentation, or like you say, attracting right. the right people to come into your business, whether it's a client, investor, or even even recruiting
0: the right team members is a, is a marketing big, game. Big deal. Yeah, the right people is a huge deal. Most of what I do these days is I talk to big companies uh, and some small companies too, but large companies uh, that are having a hard time finding and keeping employees. The biggest problem in the US right now is being able to find people who want to work. We have f- 48% of people aged 22 to 32 are not looking for a full-time job. Never, that's half a generation not looking for work. Now, I'm not saying it's happening all over the world. That could be an American problem, uh, a little bit in Canada too. I don't really know in the UK about, I, I do some business in the UK, but not a lot, uh, but I don't know if that's the issue there. But uh, so companies, how do we get people that wanna work for us and how do we get them to stay? I do lot. Well, how do we create a culture of engagement where people wanna work here and perform their best? That's what I'm doing a lot of. I'm speaking around the country uh, and around uh, some other countries, doing that as well. So, for
1: sure, I think
0: things have think, think things have definitely changed.
1: Like, um, yeah. I don't think it's like people are not looking for a full time job, but what they're not looking for is that normal, no flexibility, right, five, right,
0: with a commute on the each on each end of the nine to five. That's right. They're not looking for that, right? So if you're going to hire employees, you got to know who they are, what they think, what they believe. And we know that um, in, in this country, if you're at that age, 22 to 32, my, I'm 61 years old, my generation raised them. If there's something wrong with them, it's you know our fault. But whatever it is, but we, <laughs> we, we did it. But we raised them a certain way. Uh, we call it, I call it bulldozer parenting. We cleared a path and made sure they didn't have any problems. We solved the problem before they had them. Therefore, they didn't get to fail young. They didn't get to learn how to do difficult things carefully, and they lack resilience and maybe a bit sensitive. But we did that to them. So since that's who they are, we have to manage them for who they are and not who we wish they were. Worst leadership strategy on earth is wishing people were like you. And it's ridiculous. They're not going to be like you. you got to manage them for who they are. There are no more new young people. These are them. So we have to manage them for who they are. So if we approach them that way, knowing who they are and treat them that way, then we can do very well. There's nothing wrong with the young people a bit. It's just that they were raised differently than than you are. If you're, you know, over 45 years old, you're raised completely different. So you got to acknowledge that not expect these young people ought to do what I did and pay the dues. They're going to put a dinosaur stamp on your head and shove you in a hole. It's not going to work. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we only got
1: five minutes left. Unfortunately, we um, yeah, we started late, but it's been awesome. Is, is, this,
0: is this the mic test? I'm, I'm kidding. So is this the mic? Is this the mic check? I think this is the mic. I got. I got an AD guy here. Is this the mic check? Okay, sorry. It's my it's, if it is, it's a great mic check. It's my. It's my fa- This is my favorite mic check I've ever had. Oh, yeah, good. No,
1: we just we just dive straight in. So, um, yeah, five minutes. I just want to. So I want to ask you three questions, just so you know. Sure. Like we want to be a quick fire on these. Yeah. So, right. first one is just give people like top level, high
0: level highlights. The cowbell principle. Well, the Cowbell principle is about making sure that, that what you are doing, your idea or your product or your service or your approach is what's wanted. So there's a lot of things that you like. I've talked about your passion, but what are people looking for? Uh, there's a Saturday Night Live sketch called More Cowbell. It had Christopher Walken and Will Ferrell in it. And in that sketch, uh, Will Ferrell's beating the cowbell. The band's upset about it, but the guy paying the check, Christopher Walken, says, I need more cowbell. So as ridiculous as it seems to everybody else, the person writing the checks has more cowbell. Make sure the check writers and the people uh, who can forward your, your circumstances are the ones you're listening to and not other people. You're going to find detractors and jealous people who want to talk you down. Make sure you're focused on the people who really are the ones that can take you where you want to go. That was the point of that. Uh, the opposite of a cow, a cowbell is an idea that is wanted. Uh, The opposite of that is a bagpipe. A bagpipe is something that nobody wants. I'm not going to criticize bagpipes, especially since I know I've got people in the UK. Maybe there's some Scottish people who love bagpipes, but nobody's buying a lot of bagpipe records. Nobody goes, how about to go down and buy a bagpipe? Nobody's streaming bagpipe music. I'm pretty sure that's not (laughs) happening. And I, if I've offended people in Scotland, I'm sorry you invented the bagpipe. Sorry, sorry about that. You, you did it. Uh, they're, they're,
1: they're in good spirit. I am actually half Scottish. My dad was born in Scotland. So uh, there you go. Yeah.
0: So, so you know, they, they I, were, you know I, was, I was in yeah. Glasgow and I couldn't understand what people were talking about and the food was questionable. Other than that, I love the people. It's great. <laughs> yeah, they're good okay. characters, cool people. they were so, great people. They were wonderful. Yeah, wonderful
1: people. Yeah. Absolutely, and what you say has so much relevance to property. By the way, this whole cowbell, because um, some people they're trying to raise investment and they're getting so excited over like floor plans or architects or what it's going to be. And some people they don't care, you know. Like that's right. They, 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 it's that whole thing you said before. Like just ask some questions, and uh, but but people need to or seem to need this step one to five hundred rather than just let's do the first five steps
0: see what happens then. When it comes to real estate, it's really like, I remember a realtor was trying to sell me a house and she loved the tree in the backyard and she loved the terrazza, whatever that is, a floor that was like, you know, on the porch. So she loved the tree and she loved the porch and she talked about it. The house kind of sucked. She didn't mention that part. So she was jazzed about something I didn't care about. She was in love with the tree and it was a beautiful tree. I'm not buying a tree, I'm buying a house. So yeah, I <laughs> she. Awesome. She loved,
1: two, that, she loved that tree. Yeah, also two last questions. I want to try and quick yeah. fire these to wrap them up. Sure. So like, I always ask everyone just to see, you know, what's at the forefront of people's brain? What do they think, what do they think the message the world needs to receive right now in these times? So if you've got a microphone that translates to every language on the on the planet, what's your 30 second message?
0: Um, I think that um, that being compassionate and, and having people understand that you care is really important. We're living in a time right now, some of that had to do with COVID, but the last five or 10 years, people have a, a, this idea that people don't really care about them. Uh, and that's not really true. I mean, being able to care and showing a level of kindness and compassion. If people see you've got a detectable level of compassion, they'll just choose you over those they believe do not every time. Absolutely. So just show that.
1: Nice. Love it. Thank you. Great advice. Last question. So before I sure. ask this question, I want to say, sorry for the for the confusion at the beginning, but even in this short time, what an amazing golden nuggets advice. If people just take this, translate it to their business, oh my goodness, even just in the short little uh, piece that we've had here. It's amazing. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I think we'll have to have a, a, a rematch somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Awesome, so here's my last question. In our community, yeah. we have a saying. The saying is that you always got to do the right thing for the right reason. Now why right. is that-
0: Yeah, so you're asking, that. I love that by the way. Uh, the right thing is to make sure that you're willing to work hard. In other words, you, you, good ideas and working smart, you're gonna lose every time to the person working hard. Uh, you, can't, you can't outsmart effort. You just can't outsmart effort. That's it's, uh, historically we've seen that you can't outsmart effort. So uh, that's the one thing that I think that you need to be able to do. Uh, what was the second part of the question?
1: No, no, that was the question. So like, gotta do the right thing for the right reason. Why is that? And, and I'm loving your answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So the thing is, is that you you can't outsmart effort. So effort's really important. But the right reason is because you actually want to help people if you're in a business where your goal is to help people get what they want and need, if that's the goal, people can see it, they can smell it, they can taste it, they know it. If you're just in a business trying to generate revenue, they can also see that as well. So really get clear uh, about what you really want to do. The people who really want to help people, uh, even if you're just an investment person, uh, you want to give a better return to your client. So it can be about money, but, but you're of, you want to help other people. You want to help other people as well. Um, you, you can't really be successful all by yourself, and you certainly can't be successful if the world detects you as selfish. Very difficult to get people behind you and on your side.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, you've been amazing. I would love to add you to our real the the message that we I will I always want to get what people's answers are. Right. And our little saying that we have the tagline is you got to do the right thing for the right reason because it's the only way to discover your true potential. Are you right. able? To, are you am I am I able to ask you again and you say that as the answer? It's the only way to discover your true potential. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I agree. Yep. So let me do it again. And then it's the only way to discover your true potential. So uh, Garrison, we have a saying in our community, you've got to do the right thing for the right reason.
0: Now, why is that? <laughs> I'm not sure what we're doing here. So are you are you feeding me? Start again. You're supposed to say it's the only way to discover your true potential. Hold on a second. This is not the mic check. This is, yeah, I'm actually doing this. Go ahead. Sorry, I want to make sure. <laughs>
1: Yes, I asked a question, and you said it's the only way to discover your true potential.
0: <laughs> okay, the only way to the only way to discover the only way to discover your true potential is to do the right thing for the right reason.
1: Nice, I love it. Let's go with that. Thank you, everyone, and uh, thank you, Garrison. Until next time, as Garrison said, you got to do the right thing for the right reason because it is the only way to discover your true potential. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome.